Welcome to a special edition of the Darden Admissions Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. In this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to continue our ongoing spotlight on learning through the case method with a conversation featuring three students from our part-time MBA class of 2025, Zach Gore, Amon Dar, and Zoe Chan. If you have questions about what it's like to learn through the case method, how students prepare for class, the impact of this learning experience, really the list goes on, you have come to the right place. So without further ado, here's my interview with Zach Gore, Amon Dar, and Zoe Chan three first-year students from our part-time MBA class of 2025. Aman, Zach, Zoe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Brett. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you here. Uh, this is officially our second part-time MBA podcast ever. So a little, little bit of history. Uh, we had your classmates, Max and Parker, on to talk about the Part-Time MBA Student Association. Maybe you listened to that episode, but it's great to have you here to share your stories as well with our listeners. Of course, we're also going to be talking about the case method and, and what this learning experience is like. And so appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to be here for the podcast. So um, let's start uh, with just checking in, see how everybody's doing. Aman, how are things going? They're going good. I think, uh, you know, second quarter of the second semester, we're finally finding a rhythm. We were able to send out a survey for committees for the part-time student association and we got a great response on that uh we've gotten to know our cohort really well after these two semesters so you know we're just beginning to hit our stride and having a lot of fun yeah it's hard to believe y'all are in quarter four we're just kicking off uh quarter four and you got leading organizations in finance this quarter is that right correct excellent all right zach how are you doing yeah, doing well. Uh, echo everything that Amon said. I think my experience so far with this program is it's all learn by doing. Um, and that's everything from actually, you know, discussing the course material to getting to know people to just figuring out the contours of, of the new part-time format. And so big shout out to people like Max and, and Parker and Amon for, for leading the student governance and kind of shaping this experience for all of us. Yeah, it's great. It's been great to see your class really embrace the opportunity of being the first students uh, through the door, so to speak, and all the incredible things uh, that you've been doing from career standpoint, lots of great programming the career team has been working on. Um, in addition, social opportunities for your classmates. Um, that's been fun to see the community start together and just the energy you'll have when you're in person. It's a, you could clear that the group really enjoys each other. So I, I always enjoy being around uh, on those evenings and just seeing y'all, you know, build those relationships over, over the course of, of your time here. So Zoe, how about you? How are things going? They're good. Yeah, it's exciting to, at least for the social aspect, to get to know our learning team more and kind of our cohort. I'm all about the social aspect. So it's great, you know, getting to know people and we just switched seats um, for this new quarter. So it'll be cool, you know, getting to know the people next to us. Have you changed seats every quarter or every couple quarters? How's it, how's it worked? Yeah, so we change seats every quarter. So every time there's a new set of classes, um, you know, the first day we're always a little nervous, like, oh, are we going to be seated in the front or in the back? Who are we going to get, you know, seated next to? Um, this quarter and last quarter, I sat next to Zach, so I only have to get to know one new person next to me. <laughs> That's right. We lucked out two quarters in a row. I mean, having class, <laughs> having class in the same classroom. Uh, but with different with different seats, completely new experience really changes your perspective. So excited that we get to you know share that space with some new folks. One of the things that's fun about the part time program is that you will be taking classes together as a group, as a cohort for the first year and a half of the program, first eighteen months, and so that section identity, right? The fact that you're just all together, shared experience. It, it's something that really struck me when uh, the first uh, few weeks saw y'all come together and it's just every night. And then the sex, second quarter, same group of people and the third quarter and now the fourth quarter, that has to be contributing to like your your sense of community, the, the esprit de corps within the group, just consistently learning with the exact same group of people. Do you, would you say that's that's accurate? Yeah, absolutely. I think the better we get to know each other, the closer we get. You see... You know, the seating chart changes every quarter. And then you see, like, if you walk into dinner before classes, you see those tables change. 
every quarter as well. So we're getting to know each other. I think we're also learning a lot from each other and our experiences from work. And I think it's adding a lot to our case discussion as well, because the better we get to understand each other, you know, the more open we are in our discussions and the better time we have. And, you know, there's that understanding that we're all here to learn, whether it be from the professor or from each other's experiences. So it's been really fantastic. Yeah, we we also have a Discord group and, you know, some of us follow each other on social media. So it's really cool to see oh, who's having a baby, you know, who's getting married, who got engaged. Um, we've had, you know, many milestones already. Um, and it's really cool to come in to dinner and then hear someone congratulate the other person. And, and you know, me being nosy, I, I always have to figure out, oh, what's going on? <laughs> like who got married, who's who's getting engaged and all of that. So it's good to invest in each other's lives, I think. And that's something that I didn't expect. Um, and so it, it's a cool opportunity. And Zoe does an especially good job of that. Our chief birthday officer, making sure that everyone feels celebrated and uh, is is really cool. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. We never miss a single life event because of Zoe. She does a great job of managing our discord and reminding <laughs> us of, you know, school events as well. So big thanks to her. <laughs> Zoe, how did you become the chief birthday officer and the person who is like keeping everyone organized around these major life events that are occurring within within your class? Um, so during residency, I think we had a couple of birthdays or uh, yeah, a few birthdays that we missed because, you know, we didn't really know each other. And so I felt really bad because I don't know, to me, birthdays are very important. It's like a celebration of life, celebration of person's, you know, personality and like what they've done. And so I figured I can't let that slide. <laughs> so from now on, I have to make sure everyone knows <laughs> for better or for worse. <laughs> I love that. And y'all have had some social outings too. I think at the end of every quarter, there's the final Friday celebration. And, and so we also feel like you've been instrumental. Have you been the person that's coordinating the, the various cookie swaps, dessert swaps that have happened over the first uh, few quarters? Yeah, but I have to give credit to to the the social team and the PSA um, for doing the final Fridays. Um, they've really been able to get everyone together, and we get to see people outside of a you know a classroom context um, with a few you know a couple of beers in. You know, everyone's personality changes, and I think loosens up, um, which is I think all part of the you know connection experience. <laughs> And we also have uh, finals every seven weeks. So there's a lot of opportunities to get together over the course of the year. Yeah. But who's counting? Who's yeah. counting? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's um, let's do introductions and then we'll kind of get into the meat of our conversation about the learning experience here at, at Darden. Um, Zach, why don't we have you start this one? Uh, tell us a little bit more about you, uh, your background uh, and what you do now. Yeah, sure. So I'm I'm Zach Gore. I work in product management and strategy for a cybersecurity company called Palo Alto Networks. Um, I joined that company through an acquisition. Um, so got to experience kind of the fascinating uh, changeover in corporate ownership and culture and, and, and the way things get done. Uh, prior to that, I was uh, a full-time grad student. Uh, I was pursuing a master's in public policy. Uh, and I actually started my career just down the street from Sands Family Grounds in Roslyn. I uh, was a consultant uh, with Deloitte in their government and public services practice. All right, Zoe, tell us tell us about you. Who are you and what's your background? I'm Zoe. Uh, I work in government consulting. I'm in a small firm called LMI um, out in Tyson's. Uh, I do data analysis involving healthcare and kind of working with the ACA and healthcare.gov, making sure that um, insurance companies are providing the proper care, especially for people who are, you know, lower in the or, or a percentage of the federal poverty level, just make sure that they're getting the care that they need. Um, I studied operations research and engineering in college. Uh, so this is a little bit of a shift for me as I'm transitioning to business. Um, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to switch to business, but um, I think it's good to get to know more about the world. Excellent. All right, Amon, tell us about you. Who are you and what's your background? Hey, so my name is Amon Dar. I'm at Cognizant Technology Solutions. I work in the M&A Advisory and Corporate Strategy Group. 
I advise clients on anywhere from pre-deal all the way to post-deal implementation. So I'll do due diligence on the IT infrastructure all the way to actually doing the implementation of the merger, separation, or restructuring. Uh, before Cognizant, I was at Booz Allen Hamilton, where I focused a lot on government strategy and their strategic innovations group. I have a master's in finance from the George Washington University, and I also have an undergrad in finance. So the MBA was huge for me to sort of get a lens outside of that whole finance bubble that I've been living in. <laughs> I appreciate your point there, Oman. Um, we actually have a, a blog Q&A with one of your classmates, uh, uh, Danny, and she is uh, talking in that uh, blog about how the program has really helped widen her view of things. Like she, you know, works in a fairly technical role and, you know, it's really, the program has really helped her see um, how all the pieces fit together, the, the big picture. It sounds like maybe, maybe that's uh, been your experience. Maybe that's this group's experience. What would y'all say about that? Yeah, I think uh, for myself, I think the MBA has been great and sort of giving me that holistic view and that, you know, up top view of everything that goes on in business, because I've spent a lot of time personally doing implementation work within the weeds. So it's really interesting to take a step back and see how the decisions are made before you even get to the implementation point. And personally, I don't really have much experience in per se marketing or operations or putting together a strategy at a C-suite level. So, you know, working with world-renowned faculty at Darden and learning from them and actually discussing with guys like Zach, who does corporate strategy work, you know, it's been a real eye-opener, just uh, understanding the different functions and different things that are out there in the world. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the MBA has been really about evolution and, and exploration. So diving into those areas that were gaps in my knowledge base. Um, you know, I have a policy analysis background. My expectation leaving, uh, that program was to go into government and work on policy implementation and, uh, analysis and, and, and things like that. As the pandemic started to pick up and the kind of landscape of, of the job market changed, uh, landed at a cybersecurity startup, which was not my expectation and uh, really exposed some fundamental gaps in in what I knew and, and how to operate kind of on the private sector side, but working with public sector uh, customers. And even in just the four quarters that we've had so far, getting exposure to the accounting curriculum, some of the early finance curriculum, and just understanding the language that uh, businesses speak when they talk about how they do different things and the decisions that get made has been really, really valuable. And I, I think just a big plug to you, Brett, and the admissions team for pulling together such a diverse group of people for our cohort and getting to learn from people like Zoe and like Amon who have these uh, different competencies and experiences really amplifies what I'm getting in the classroom beyond just kind of the case discussion. Yeah, uh, I think everything is new to me. <laughs> um, I coming out of engineering background, everything was you know theory and number crunching, and even at my work is a lot of Excel and Python and coding. Um, so I think my worldview is very limited. So being able to see all of this, especially through the case method, um, a nice little segue, but <laughs> uh, it, it's really cool to see different companies and corporations and seeing everything on, you know, a private sector instead of just with government. Um, it's been really cool. Well, let's talk about what led you to Darden and, and then we'll transition the conversation a little bit. Zoe, um, how did you land at Darden? Yeah. Um, well, it's a long story, but the long story short is that I didn't do well necessarily in my undergrad. Um, so I felt that it wasn't very reflective of, I think, my intelligence. And so I wanted to kind of get a, a new start um, to kind of prove to myself that after a few years of working in the, you know, working in the real world, um, I can go back and kind of um, perhaps prove to, prove to myself that maybe it, maybe it was a major that I chose that wasn't the right fit for me. Um, and um, to go in and kind of really put my all into it. I think for your undergrad, you're kind of used to, you're still trying to get used to the world around you and working on social aspects and like figuring out who you are. Um, but now I'm at a later, you know, life stage 
um, <laughs> even though it's like a difference of, you know, four or five years, um, but to be able to kind of devote myself to learning something for the sake of learning instead of um, going to college for the sake of getting a degree. Yeah. And so then I, I found Darton through a Metro advertisement um, at like uh, on a random Thursday <laughs> and I applied and I got in. <laughs> Well, I appreciate the Metro ad shout out. I always take pictures of them when I when I see our ads on on the Metro, and it's you know it's good to hear that people are seeing those too, and it, it's working. It's getting people interested in the program. Your point about perhaps writing a different story about yourself educationally—that's one that I've. It's it's very powerful, and it's one that I've heard from a number of our students, um, and particularly executive MBA uh, students who I've talked with over over the seven, eight years that I've been here at Darden, for many of those students, uh, you know, this was a chance to set a different narrative about who they are as a student and such an intentional choice, right? Coming back at this point, um, think, thinking about taking this step, it, you, you put a lot of effort and energy to deciding that this is what you want to do. So um, I appreciate I appreciate that as well. Aman, um, what led you to Darden? So I, I had always wanted to do an MBA, but I sort of always thought that, you know, over the past two years that my time had sort of passed to do my MBA. I did my master's in finance, which was a bit technical, and I had just gotten married a couple of years back. So I just didn't know how I'd be able to sort of leave work and go pursue a full-time MBA. One of my direct reports, he had just done his MBA, and he was going to Saudi Arabia. And I was actually just telling him, you know, I would love to do an MBA because I have this finance education and I would love to learn, you know, the holistic, you know, understanding of business in general. And he actually told me that Darden was starting their first part-time MBA program. And I think uh, I put in a request for more information and Brett, you called me and, you know, we had a great conversation. And I, one thing that really attracted me was you mentioned to me the case method approach and how, you know, Darden does it in a few other schools like Harvard. And that sort of resonated with me because of my learning style, because I prefer to learn by doing. And when I was thinking about just like leaving a hard day's work and going to class, the last thing I wanted to do was get lectured to. I wanted to have a discussion and actually talk about the pre-work that I spent hours doing before. So that was one of the things. And then also just the reputation of being a global top tier business school and the opportunity to become a part of, you know, an inaugural cohort like this was just something that I didn't think I wanted to pass up. And I grew up in the Northern Virginia area as well. My mom always wanted me to go to UVA, but I never really got there. So this is for my mom. And, uh, you know, I hope she's happy now. So I'll have that Darden degree at some point. <laughs> I love that. Shout out for your mom. Um, special dedication. Uh, that's that's fantastic. And you know, I, I will also I will I will say um, it's been great to have the part time. We, we get all kinds of questions about you know why why the part time MBA program? Why why did we launch this? We had the executive MBA program up here. Have a specialized master's MSBA. You know why the part time MBA? And and what we shared with prospective students is that well you know we sensed as we were talking with people here in the market that. There were people looking for a part-time MBA. We did not have a part-time MBA, but if Darden did have one, they'd be very excited uh, that there, there was such an option available. And, and the executive MBA program has a preferred work experience minimum of five years, and that tends to be a bit more of an experienced group of students. The average is 11 to 12, although if you look at the distribution of that class, it is pretty broad, five to 25 years. But part-time MBA as you know from interacting with your classmates, it's an earlier career student. And that's that's really what we had in mind when we talked with the faculty and as we've engaged with prospective students. You know, people are just a little bit earlier in their career, look more like, honestly, like the full-time students uh, here at Darden in terms of age and career stage. And I think it's been a great, great addition. We're meeting people that we wouldn't have met otherwise. We did we did not have an option for folks uh, just a couple of years ago. And now here, the part-time MBA is here. We have an inaugural cohort working on class number two. Um, it's it's been It's been great uh, to meet to meet people who are looking at working while pursuing their degree and want it want to do it in this this format. So, Zach, how about you? What what led you to Darden? Yeah, I think for me, I you know having just come out of a full time grad program a couple of years earlier and then kind of gotten through the 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 darkest days of the pandemic, I knew I wanted to continue working and I knew I wanted to stay in the DC area. Uh, and so that kind of limited the search parameters to a number of schools that are in the DC area that offer these types of evening or flex programs 
Uh, my partner is a, a alumna from UVA undergrad, went to the McIntyre School. So I've, you know, had my ear talked off about the, the quality and value of the UVA business education. Um, so I've sort of instinctively drawn to Darden. And when I saw that the part-time format was going to be a new offering that had a bit more flexibility in terms of the, the course schedule just being on weeknights and the hybrid format uh, with in-person experience as well as, as uh, online classes, uh, I, I had a feeling that that was the right format for me. Uh, I travel a lot, both for, for work and for fun. And so having kind of the built-in option to do true distance learning, but also get the in-person experience between the residencies and then uh, you know the six or so hours that we have together uh, over two nights every other week uh, is like the, the perfect blend of, of all of those different aspects. So from a format perspective, it was incredibly appealing. I also had some prior exposure to the case method, both in, in undergrad and, uh, and in graduate studies. And I found that that was how I learned best. And so knowing that Darden, uh, that was their primary or only, uh, kind of pedagogical method, uh, was, was really appealing as well. All right. Well, that opens the door to a conversation about the case method. So, um, we find that when we talk with prospective students, uh, they don't always know exactly what the case method is and, and what it means, and maybe a little bit nervous to ask about it. Um, and so, um, Aman, you mentioned that this was one of the things that was exciting to you about Darden, the fact that you would be an active participant in your learning experience. When people ask you about the case method, how do you explain it uh, to them? So from my understanding is, and from my experiences, it's a participatory sort of learning approach where we analyze real world cases in a group setting. And oftentimes our professors have written those cases and actually spoken to those C-suite executives in order to figure out the nitty gritty details of what was happening at the time. And us as the students, we take the role of decision makers and work together to sort of analyze the problem together and identify potential solutions to make a recommendation. And what's really interesting is the professor serves sort of like a facilitator and they guide the discussion and they're the ones responsible for asking thought-provoking questions to help, you know, explore different perspectives. And it really encourages, you know, active participation and critical thinking. And, you know, I really enjoy it. You know, it's it's not something where the professor standing up there and going through a hundred page, a uh, hundred slides, you know, it's like, they'll field a question and then we just sort of take it from there and sort of learn together as a group. Zach, you add on, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead add on to what Aman said. It, it's kind of a flip of the traditional teaching system um, in that you're required more to prepare in the beginning of the class. And then the class is used for discussion um, versus like a, in a traditional setting, you have the teacher teach you, you know, the different concepts. And then afterwards you have homework to kind of, you know, to, to really um, solidify it in your brain. And I think because of that swap, it requires um, more preparation beforehand. Um, so it definitely requires a certain amount of, you know, effort um, on the part of the student um, to be able to be ready for class and to be ready to be called on. Um, yeah, and it's also a sign of respect, I think, to your other you know, classmates, like if you're not prepared, then you don't really have anything to contribute. And then um, it becomes kind of a cycle. And so I think I have to remind myself every time, um, you know, it's the start of the week and I have to prep. I'm like, this is this is for me. This is for the, my classmates. Got to get ready for it. Um, so yeah. The social contract of it all is very real, right? You have this obligation in, in multiple directions, not just to yourself, but to the people sitting around you and, and the faculty member. Zach, how do you explain the case method uh, to people who don't know that much about it? Yeah, I think for me, I really appreciate that you're essentially dropped into a real life scenario. So like Kaman mentioned, most of these cases are either loosely based on or directly uh archived from real decisions that real people are making with with incomplete information and kind of the tools that we have available to us as MBA students. And so as you're reading the case, it's typically written in a narrative format. There's a protagonist who is presented with some sort of data, a series of questions, or have to make a recommendation, uh, usually to their boss, which is very relatable to any of us who have ever uh, actually worked. 
Um, you know, that's that's the key of of really any job is you you have a, a problem or a question that needs to be answered. You're given some information. You got to go seek out more. Use a framework, build a model, uh, and then and then come to some conclusion and be able to justify it to external stakeholders. And in, in this case, those external stakeholders are primarily the the folks in our cohort, the other people that have come prepared and. Uh, even from the same uh, case PDF and the same facts and the same data, people come to different conclusions. And part of the richness of, of our learning is being able to have those discussions and uncover that you know, additional piece of analysis that I didn't do, that Zoe did, uh, that really clarifies and crystallizes the concepts. And so it's much more stimulating and engaging uh, in the classroom than it would be in a traditional lecture format. Um, and at least for me, the process of prepping those cases individually, discussing with our, our smaller learning teams, kind of trading, how did you do this? How did you tackle that problem? Uh, and then coming to the class discussion and then kind of getting the collective knowledge of the group uh, is really, really valuable. Well, I appreciate your comment. There's that because it opens up this kind of conversation around preparation, which Zoe also mentioned is as well. Zoe, how do you prepare for class? What does it look like for you to prepare for one of these case discussions? Yeah, so um, for I guess we, we're put into learning teams in the beginning of the, the, the quarter or the program. So one of the things that we have to do is, you know, discuss with our learning team beforehand. So what we do is we kind of assign each person like every week, or we assign two people um, per class to kind of teach the the rest of the learning team on what to do. So if, you know, if I'm in charge of this week, I would go in and read the cases. I have, we have kind of a template to list out what are the notes that are in the case and kind of point out relevant parts um, and to give, you know, give some sort of background and also take the first stab at um, especially the, the computation part. Um, and so then that's when I go in and look at the questions and <laughs> try to figure it out. Oftentimes I do not know them, um, uh, but I put in my best effort. And then when we meet with our learning team, um, we have a couple people say, hey, I tried it and I did this. So similar to what Zach said, uh, we kind of work together to fill in the gaps that one person may not have or one person may have had um, while preparing. So everybody reads the case individually. And then someone is really kind of taking lead on the cases and, and you come together for a group discussion in the learning team and, yeah. and, then, and then class. And I think it definitely takes off the pressure of having to be right with everything because you have, you know, six, five or six other people um, who can tell you, hey, I think you should actually do it this way or, hey, that's a really good point. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. So for me, it, it takes off the pressure and that's that's like 50 percent of it. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes people think they're going to have to do all this by themselves. And so that is one of the things that makes an MBA program feel daunting. It's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know anything about accounting or finance or whatever the list is. And people think I've got to figure this out on, all on my own. And what you realize, and I, I appreciate your comment, Zoe and, and Zach, and um, that this is a team sport, that you're not working by yourself. It's a collective effort. So, Aman, tell us about how how you prepare for one of these case discussions. What does it look like? Yeah, so um, our learning team is really active. We meet, you know, virtually every Sunday night and every Wednesday night. But then we also meet outside of that because we've become best friends now. <laughs> so uh, it's it's really awesome. It's a very organic way of how we do, sort of do things. We work on the cases individually alone. And, you know, there's no expectation to get through the entire case by the time we meet. And then... We get together, have a discussion on the case, and then sort of teach each other things. And I think, um, you know, we have to give a lot of props to yourself, Brett, and the rest of the faculty on how they sort of constructed our learning teams, because every single learning team sort of has a great mix of individuals. We have uh, my team, we have uh, an attorney, we have an engineer, we have someone who works government contracts, another one who does government strategy and myself who has a finance background. So regardless of whatever case we do, we always have somebody who understands the concept very well and somebody who doesn't understand it as well. And, you know, we're all teaching each other 
uh, concepts and we're all sort of getting better together in a team. And then once we take it to the cohort, um, to class itself, I think we have such a great relationship as a cohort now that if you look at our laptops, we're all on teams talking to each other and discussing the case live while it's happening with the rest of the class. So we're all constantly giving each other advice. And it's like the preparation for the case doesn't even stop at the end of class. It goes on until you take the final because we're continuously talking about cases and trying to get better. And it's interesting because the goal isn't to pass the class. The goal is to learn the concept well enough that we can apply it to our day-to-day lives. And I think that's the value of a part-time MBA where we're sort of working, but then also learning these skills in parallel. That's awesome. So Zach, I want to come back to you. You, you talked a little bit, a sort of high level about how you prepare for class. Can you bring us uh, sort of down to how your learning team works together, how you prepare uh, individually? What does what your preparation process look like? Yeah, I think my process looks very similar to Amon's. Uh, I'm uh, at least initially an individual learner. So I, I want to make sure that I have a chance to read and internalize the cases, um, start to think about some of the questions and how to go about answering them. Uh, we also meet as a learning team at least once a week, oftentimes twice uh, before each kind of class session, because we have you know, finance one day and uh, leading organizations another day. It's easy to kind of load balance uh, the cases across those two meetings. Uh, and we treat our learning team meeting uh, similar to a, a mini class discussion. So uh, each case has some guiding questions that the professor has provided. They're not intended to solve the case, but it's more to just get you thinking about the different concepts that are that are contained in it. Uh, and we just have a, a, a discussion. Hey, what for for things that have an answer? Sometimes in finance, there is an answer. Uh, you know, how did you calculate that? What model did you use? What inputs? What cells are your formula formulas referencing? Uh, and other times, it's a lot more conceptual of how should I be thinking about uh, a particular concept or or how to even go about approaching a problem. So those those are incredibly valuable for just the pure learning, but also being prepped for class and, you know, getting ready to take that, that first cold call or, or, um, you know, follow up on a, a on a peer's point. Um, one thing I just, I did want to, uh, mention that I think I heard in both Zoe and Amon's answers is just kind of the, the team focus of a lot of this prep. Um, I know at least on our team, we're all working professionals. Uh, we have busy, uh, full lives and just having the the grace and the support system of your learning team on those weeks when things are a little bit tougher and the time management becomes challenging to fall back on to say, even though I didn't get a chance to read this case uh, inside and out and internalize every single fact and concept, I have a group of five other people standing behind me to to help me with that learning either before or after class. Um, so it can be very easy and very daunting uh, if you fall behind just because of the pacing of the course. And I think the learning team structure is is really, really helpful for, for avoiding that sort of uh, situation. Appreciate that. And, and we do spend a fair amount of time, probably longer than people expect, um, that we, that we spend thinking about the teams. There's a few different drafts of the teams as we, as we go along. We typically will announce the learning teams a couple weeks prior to the start of school. Um, that's actually earlier than if you go back a few years ago, we would typically announce the teams for our working professional students. Uh, but we found it's a nice social touch point for people, right? You have a chance to, to get to know people prior to the start of school. Of course, there's lots of other ways to connect and meet, but this is your learning team. And so nice to have a little bit of runway before uh, the rubber meets the road, uh, so to speak, to uh, meet your teammates. And then also, one of the things that's true for part-time MBA students, residency one, y'all are going to have class. Like, so we, you want to also be able to have um, some opportunity to work with your team to prep a little bit if, as you go go through that week. And um, it can be, it, I think it's just worked really well. And it, it's been great to see uh, your teams work and, and you enjoy each other. And, and that's such great feedback for us. We, we love to hear that. Um, so Zoe, you had mentioned this flipped classroom idea. It's a little, and I want to talk a little bit about what class actually looks like. Because of course, people can come for a class visit. But some of the people listening to this podcast may not necessarily be able to do that. And so can we talk about what like a case discussion looks like from a student perspective? Like, how would you explain um, what you're doing in class? Yeah, so like you said, we come in prepared. Um, so we have certain 
you know, talking points that we, we may want to get to. We have things that we are confident in um, and others where we're not. So we might not pipe up during those times. So we will get to class. And usually I've seen what professors do is they kind of go over a general overview um, in the first maybe 10, 15 minutes of class, kind of asking students, uh, um, you know, what they know. So for example, about accounting, like, you know, present value, I guess that's more finance, but, you know, present value are like di different things. And so then we'll take notes on that and then we'll kind of uh, dive into the case. And so then the case, uh, we will ask what is going on, who are the key players involved with this case, um, what is the issue at hand, um, and then we'll go through the kind of the discussion questions that the professor has given. Um, it's not necessarily like they will ask exactly, you know, what is the answer to this. Instead, we'll kind of work into it um, of like, what is the problem and how do we go about solving it? Um, and then that's when we are, you know, the, it, usually the professor will ask a lot more questions than give more, uh, than give statements. So it is up to the students to kind of give statements and answers. Um, and so sometimes the, the, the discussion will go one way. Um, and I think sometimes the professors are not, they don't think that it's going to go this way, but they are, you know, competent enough to, to work, work with it and to roll with it. Um, and eventually we get back and, you know, I think the professors have key points that they want to address. And somehow every class we end up, hopefully we end up addressing all of them um, through our discussions. It's one of the interesting things. So uh, it's a challenge for the faculty member, right? Because they have this pedagogical plan, the things that they're trying to make sure they cover over the course of the discussion. And of course, you get lots of different perspectives. You know, people may see things. I mean, we, we had a mock class last night and one of the participants noted something that the faculty member hadn't necessarily thought about related to the class. And that's one of the things that happens in the case method. You got 65 or so people in the room, all different perspectives. It was mentioned, it's been mentioned a couple of times. You just don't know what people are going to bring to that conversation. Same set of facts, same case can be very different perspectives. So Aman, um, what what would you want to highlight about the learning experience, the actual in-class experience for prospective students who may not necessarily be as familiar with it? I think it's 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 if you've never experienced the case method taught by you know professionals like at Darden before, it's definitely something to sit in on and experience because it's totally different from any other class I've ever been in. Because it almost seems like the professors they they obviously know the content well enough where they can drop in questions where it'll guide you to a direction where you'll start to ask the right questions yourself and in order to crack the case you start asking the questions and it's like you begin answering your own questions and the professor really has to do very little except sort of you know make sure we're headed in the right direction and one thing that really one event that really stands out to me is we had a strategy case where we sort of veered off away from the case and started talking about something totally different. But then we circled back to the concepts of the case. And it just showed me, you know, how exceptional some of these faculty members are where, you know, I feel like I'm the most distracted person on earth and I miss all the things that I'm supposed to be looking at in the case and focus on all the wrong stuff. And there have been thousands of times where they've let me go that direction, but I always circle back learning the right things. And the cases themselves are marvelously constructed as well, because we had some finance cases initially where we had to go to a certain level of valuation. And given my master's in finance, I wanted to go a little bit further, but you know, they're, they're designed to make sure you learn the things that you're supposed to learn. And they're really exceptional. Zach, what would you want to highlight about the in-class learning experience? Yeah, I mean, completely agree with with everything that's already been said. I think the really cool aspect of the outcome of this kind of discussion-based approach and the preparation that we do is, as I think about and prepare for the finals and applying some of these concepts uh, from our coursework, my mental catalog of all these things is tied to individual cases. And so when I go back and think about how to do, I don't know, cost based or, you know, uh, allocating indirect costs from accounting one, which was six months ago, 
I immediately think of Spartaglass or when we are talking about strategic implementation and kind of how things uh, get formulated and then executed at a company, I think of Semex Cement from our strategy course. And so I've, there's now this mental library that isn't just these abstract things floating around in your head that you have to go and, and apply on a final. It's much more tangible. Um, and it's, you know, this like memory bank where you can go back and think about that case and you're brought back to that discussion. And I can remember the specific point that Amon made that was so poignant that really clarified that case for me and then take that with me um, rather than just, you know, sitting at a desk trying to cram material from a textbook or lecture slides um, or, or recorded course. And so the experience of the whole creates, I think, better outcomes um, in the learning process. So one of the most common questions we get from prospective students, once we mention that in you know, Darden's case method school, you're going to learn this way, can explain a little bit about what the case method is. The next question is something like, do you even learn accounting in this way? And so uh, let's talk about what it's like to learn accounting through the case method. You've, you've had an opportunity to do this already. Um, and so... So Zach, how would you explain what the experience of like learning accounting through the case method was like? I really think it's just like learning material for any other class. I think accounting, and I felt this way coming into an MBA program with no prior business background. I think accounting has this kind of stigma that it's either incredibly complicated or incredibly dull. And I think that the case method directly addresses both of those common misconceptions. Uh, it it brought the material to life in a very concrete way. You know, I work in in product management at a tech company. I'm not an accountant. I'm not even adjacent to our finance function. But there are accounting concepts that bear on the decisions that I make in my day to day work of of how we price or package a product and how do we recognize that revenue and what are the implications for company performance. These are things that. You know, my manager's manager gets asked when we put proposals on the table to decide whether they get they get funding um, and, and just being able to to take that away and use it the day after we have a, a course. The case method allows you to kind of project yourself into that decision making role. And it's really no different for accounting versus finance versus marketing or, or other kind of core curriculum classes that we, we take at Darden. And I've really appreciated that, that the, the focus is on uh, understanding and application rather than just kind of mechanically putting together accounting journal entries or transactions and, and kind of mindlessly applying rules. So what would you share about the experience of learning these more quantitative topics? I mean, to Zach's point, accounting, it's in all caps when people ask about it. There's something intimidating about this subject. Uh, finance is also sometimes lumped in there. Uh, how would you explain uh, learning these quantitative topics through the case method? Yeah, I think for me, it was a bit of a learning adjustment. I won't you know, argue and say the case method is perfect. Uh, I think that there are certain things like, especially during a finals studying where um, unfortunately the, the professor has to kind of test the knowledge that you know. Um, and so trying to find the balance between learning the concepts of accounting and the the experience of accounting is, it, it did take a little bit of an effort, but the great thing about, you know, the Darton program is that there are supplemental materials that the professor gives. So there is the textbook and also they have, you know, recorded um, videos that are, you know, um, they're like little series of six to seven minute videos that basically is a class that drills down the concepts needed. So I think that was definitely helpful for me in terms of the accounting since I've never done accounting before. Um, so it uh, there's also a Co Coursera um, that the program suggested before um, the, you know, we started class that I was able to kind of work through the specific problems. Um, but specifically for the case method, I think there are ways to combat you know, kind of that, maybe not disconnect, but the 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 difference between um, real life and and the the concepts. Um, there are cases that are not necessarily real world examples, but they are 
um, designed so that you are able to practice certain accounting problems and write, you know, journal entries um, that aren't necessarily like Microsoft is doing this. Instead, it will say like John Deere is doing, you know, accounting for his company and needs to create five journal entries. And so having that um, is definitely helpful. So lots of opportunities to practice, test your test your knowledge. I appreciated the point also about the about the videos and the pre-matriculation resources, which we make available. Um, Aman, um, you mentioned having this finance background. You've done a master's in finance. Um, you're now learning finance here in quarter quarter four through the case method. What's it like to learn these more quantitative topics through the case method? Uh, I think it's a lot of fun because. My master's, there was a mix of case, but then also a mix of classroom instruction. And I feel like the case method sort of, there's a lot of people who have in our cohort who have a finance background as well. And what I've noticed from speaking to them and from my own experience as well is like, regardless of where you're at, there's always something to learn from the case. And since it's, since there's rarely ever a right answer and you're evaluating the, you know, your judgment and what you're supposed to do to sort of crack the case and then what actually happened in the case at the end of it if we have sort of that insight as well you're sort of benchmarking your work against that so it it's been very interesting to sort of work on something as simple as you know direct and indirect cost allocation and the treatment of indirect and direct costs and how that sort of affects your perspective as a manager. Because if you understand why we're sort of doing the MBA, it's sort of to become better managers and become better leaders. So the case method really lends its well to sort of understand how these numbers are being created, but then, you know, how the creation of these numbers might lead to different insights. And as a manager, you sort of have to lean on those insights in order to make key decisions and also communicate things up the chain. So I think just having that holistic understanding of all of those different components, once we get to the end of the semester and see all of those cases sort of fit together into accounting, I think that's pretty invaluable and extremely interesting. And then in addition to that, we actually have a couple of accountants in our cohort as well. So when we're doing the discussion on the case itself, it's really interesting to see where they approach it from given their, you know, wealth of real life experience around it. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun, but it, it's not sort of just reading something out of a textbook. You can actually go home and pull a 10K and apply the things you learned in class that day, which is extremely powerful. Whereas when I look back and think about some of the things I learned in my master's, it's like, okay, I learned it in a textbook, but I'd really don't know the practical application of this. So, you know, I think Darn really prides itself on the ability to give you a toolbox of skill sets that you can actually practically apply in the real world, which is really fantastic. And we actually had one of our accounting classes during uh, my company's earnings call recently. So it was really interesting to see, hey, we've done this quarter's worth of uh, financial statement analysis. And then to watch, you know, the CFO of our of my company talk through, you know, all of the top line numbers and the implications and then how like the broader market and the analysts are, are thinking about it. It kind of ties together all these different threads. Um, that we're learning as part of the core curriculum in order to eventually become, you know, successful managers. So completely agree with, with all of that. Question, a little bit more of a sort of existential question. Do you feel like you've gotten better at learning through the case method over the course of your you know, seven, eight months in the program thus far? Zoe, do you feel like it's gotten easier? I mean, you're getting new topics, you know, from, you know, all, all the time. And so you go from quarter to quarter as new classes, but... You feel like you're getting getting your rhythm here? Yeah, the topics are getting harder, <laughs> I have to say. But I think the process of preparing using the case method has gotten easier. Um, definitely, it's a, a mind switch. And, you know, um, but yeah, it, it, it it's easier. But, you know, life doesn't come easy. So... <laughs> Aman, do you feel like the case method you're you're getting you're getting your your sea legs under you at this point? 
Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've finally started to hit a rhythm. It's more so, you know, before I think my first quarter, I had to actively, you know, do things. And now it's become sort of muscle memory and second nature where it's like, I know I have, you know, in-person class on this day, I have to prepare my case for this learning team meeting on this day. So we're sort of getting into the swing of things. And I think after being in the fourth quarter, what helps a lot is looking at other learning teams and how they sort of approach things like Zoe's team has a very structured method of how they assign cases and go through cases. And some other teams have a bit more unstructured, you know, way they go about things. So it's just interesting to see how other people approach it and sort of evolve your own methods quarter to quarter to sort of, you know, better suit the class that we're taking on. So Last quarter, we had two quantitative classes and it was a grind, but, you know, we were able to lean on each other and really adjust the way we were able to do things. And this semester, we're lucky to have LO, so we're going to spend more time, you know, having discussions in our learning team rather than figuring out why our evaluation is coming up at the wrong number. So it's exciting, but it's always a constant evolution and we're just waiting for the for the next curveball to be thrown at us. <laughs> How about you, Zach? Uh, you feel like learning through the case method getting a little bit easier these days? Yeah, I don't know if I'm getting better at it, but I'm definitely getting more comfortable with it. And I think there, the the big mindset shift with the case method is is really two things. The first is the professor is not going to answer your question uh, directly. So if if you raise your hand and you say, "What is you know the right answer or the right number?" they are gonna deflect that right back to you and right back to the group to help out. And so part of it is just getting comfortable with that, with being uncomfortable, if you're kind of still trying to catch up with the, with the material and, and relying on that course discussion to carry you forward. And the other piece is some questions don't actually have a right answer. Um, it's very different than prepping with a worksheet that's fill in the blank or multiple choice where you're just kind of mechanically going through and taking what you've learned. It's, it's much more teaching you how to approach problems than that there is one right answer. And I think now in, in Q4, we're really, uh, in full swing, having accepted both of those facts. And, you know, we even joke and laugh. Uh, I've raised my hand and said, I know you're not going to answer this question, but, and then asked the question and was inevitably deflected back to the group. But, but you still learn something from, from those experiences and, you know, not being afraid to raise your hand and say, I don't get this. Someone please help me, uh, is, is a big part of it too. Yeah, to our listeners, don't underestimate the value of a of a good question uh, in in a case discussion, or just even saying, "I'm sorry, this is not making any sense." Can we can we just talk about this for a second? That is, there's value in that. You're probably not the only person who has that it's feeling. True. Yeah. <laughs> when I hear someone else ask, like, I don't understand, I'm like, "Oh, good." So I don't have to say that. <laughs> yeah. Another thing is uh, when somebody else ha has a question or asks a question that you wanted to ask the whole time and you're just like, oh, thank God, I'm so happy you asked that. <laughs> so that happens all the time. And I think like the better we've gotten to know each other, the more comfortable we've gotten asking questions. And, you know, we realize there are no stupid questions because we're just there to learn. So oftentimes in the back of my mind where I'm just like, I want to ask this, but I'm afraid it's going to be a stupid question and somebody else asks it. So there's no better feeling than that, knowing that, you know, somebody else has the same problems that you do going through this case. All right. Well, last question for y'all. It's been a lot of great um, insight about the learning experience here at Darden, uh, how you prepare for class. So many uh, good takeaways. But I wonder a piece of advice for our listeners, something you would encourage uh, them to think about as, as they uh, consider their own MBA journeys. Aman, what would you uh, highlight for our listeners? So it it goes by really fast. Like I feel like yesterday I was in residency one in Charlottesville, you know, meeting Zoe and Zach for the first time. So my advice would be, you know, take a deep breath, take it one step at a time and, you know, make the most of your time at Darden because it's an exceptional place. You're going to meet exceptional people, Everybody is going to be wanting to help you out in your career, professional and academic journey. So take advantage of that. You know, there's a lot of groups and extracurricular activities 
that are not only offered to the full-time MBA students, but they, they're also offered to part-time MBA and executive students. And, you know, we really get the same educational experience that they get in the full-time program. So take time to not only work on the cases, but also meet other students in your cohort, go get involved in different organizations, go down to Charlottesville and explore the main campus and, you know, build a report and, you know, um, a relationship with your faculty and professors. And I think, you know, regardless of the case method and the instruction and all of the stuff that we do in class, there's so much you can gain from the people outside of class as well. So I would definitely say stay plugged in on all aspects. How about you, Zach? A word of advice for our listeners? Yeah, I it might sound cliche, but just just do it. If you're on the fence about applying or you've been in, admitted and are not sure whether you want to do the program, I think that Darden has really distilled everything that they've learned from the executive MBA format and moving it up to DC to create a program that is simultaneously challenging, but very manageable for folks that are also working full-time. And you're going to do some prep on weekends. You're going to do some prep during the week and you're going to be in class for three hours, a couple of nights a week. And those are kind of the realities of the program, but all of the curricular extracurriculars that Amon mentioned and the community and the opportunities that you have to engage with different aspects of of Darden and, and UVA is so, so worth it. So I, my advice is to just come to one of our classes. We love having guests. Um, it's fun for us. Um, I, one of the tipping points for me was actually coming on a tour of Sands Family Grounds and seeing the view of the river and the monuments in DC. It's a spectacular location. Uh, great place to learn, although can be a little distracting uh, when the nights get longer and we're in class, you can look out over the river. Um, but yeah, just just do it. Um, and kind of the rest of it starts to fall into place between the, t- the time management and load balancing across other responsibilities with life. Um, it, you can be done. And, you know, each of us is doing it in a, in a slightly different way, but we're all still here and we're all still having a good time. All right, Zoe, you get the last word here. A piece of advice for <laughs> for our listeners. Uh, I think Aman and Zach had great points. Um, My advice is something that I learned actually this Monday from my fellow cohort. My advice is to get your snacks during the break and not before class, because then you have something to look forward to, you know, during the break. But if you get your snacks before class, then you have to eat double snacks and that's double the calories. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So our listeners are wondering, what, what's this about snacks? You got you to set the scene a little bit here. You're right. You're right. So it, for in-person class, there's a snack bar provided for you um, to make sure that, you know, you're sustained energy wise. And also, you know, it uplifts the, the mental health aspect. And um, usually they put out the snacks before class. And so sometimes I have no self-control and I will grab my gummy bears and my my cookies before class. And then I eat it during the first, you know, first half, first lesson. Um, and then it gets to the break and I have to refrain from grabbing, you know, second portions. And so I have nothing to look forward to. Um, but if you get them during the break, you have something to look forward to in your first class. Yeah, the, the snack consumption is very much a strategic choice. You know, caffeine at 6 p.m. can be a little bit of a challenge. if You're trying to uh, power through a long day. And so a little bit of sugar rush at just the right moment is exactly what you need to uh, to finish out a case uh, discussion. There's always decision analysis in every aspect of your life. <laughs> Powered by gummy bears and Cavalier Crunch. <laughs> yeah, you got to strategize. <laughs> well, I want to thank you all for doing this. Uh, it's great to be able to feature your stories and also uh, such a great conversation about the case method. Uh, as I mentioned, so many of our prospective students, you know, they're interested in it. It sounds interesting. They just don't know exactly what it is sometimes. And it's great to hear your perspectives on you know, not only how you prepare for class and work with your learning teams, but actually what happens in the classroom and what the faculty member is doing there. And to your point, uh, they're not going to tell you an answer. Uh, they want you to exercise judgment and to wrestle with things a little bit and, and use the resources you have around you, whether that's you know, your learning team, other people in the cohort, all, all of that. So, so, so enjoyed catching up with all of you today. And I look forward to seeing you all later tonight uh, for your in-person class. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. It's been a great time. See you tonight. 
And that was a conversation with three first-year students from our part-time MBA class of 2025, Zach Gore, Amon Dar, and Zoe Chan. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Till next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.